What's up, Hello? man? Hey, dude. How Just one second. Hey, put this in your... Thanks. What's up? What's up? Give me one second. Yeah. All right, you ready? Yes, sir. All right, welcome everybody back to Burgers and Breakdowns. This is the first episode in three weeks, and uh, I'm really excited because we got our good friend that we've already had on the show before, and it was a great episode. Uh, what we'd like to welcome Keith Jones of Chandelier. How you doing, Keith? Doing great, man. How about yourself? I'm doing good. It just started raining not too long ago, so I'm glad I got home before all that shit came down. Yeah, that's good, too. It's good to hear, man. Did y'all get hit by the hurricane at all? Nah, uh, I live on the west coast of Florida, so it's like very rare that hurricanes even come to my area. Yeah. Sometimes we'll get like the outer bands, but by the time that's happening, it's no different than like a heavy thunderstorm, which we get four months out of the year, so. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, usually, I mean, we've been lucky. We've had a couple come by Charleston, but we haven't had anything crazy hit us, so lucky. I, yeah, yeah. I, I don't like hurricanes and tornadoes. Those are two things that freak me out. Natural disaster. There's nothing you can do about it to prevent it. Amen, dude. That's the truth. I know, I'm not a big fan of natural disasters either. <laughs> I mean, I I would take trips to New Mexico when I was in the army out of uh, Fort Bliss in El Paso, and my buddy who I'd go there back to his uh, hometown with. It's a na- it's a natural disaster free state. Oh, wow. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, I, like, I would love to live here, but I can't live in the fucking desert for the rest of my life. <laughs> man, I'm kidding. It's all right, man. So you're doing Chandelier now, um, and you're also the founder of Clever Wolf Media. Can you tell me a little bit about Clever Wolf before we get into Chandelier? Yeah, of course. So Clever Wolf, uh, the at tag for Instagram is Clever Wolf Media, um, but the company is uh, Clever Wolf LLC. Uh, the website is cleverwolf.org. The site is under repair right now, but uh, the basis of it is uh, I wanted to have my merch line back up and running because uh, uh, back in like 2012, I had Cleverwolf Apparel, but then I kind of like stepped away from all of that for a, quite a while. And my uh, my wife, Elise, was like really inspirational in like me getting my business back up and running. So I went through all that and then uh, obviously, you know, with like the pandemic and stuff, I kind of felt it like inappropriate to be trying to like make money off of people when there's so many people that are having like a hard time making ends meet. So I kind of like just put the site on hiatus until things kind of calm back down a bit and kind of get back to normal. Okay. But uh, the idea of the company is to like, you know, help uh, artists all over the world who are designers and, you know, illustrators who... A lot of times when artists make a piece to like sell to like a clothing line or a band, they get like a one-time payment and then it's, you know, done with. Uh, I run like a commission bracket for my designers. So like I pay them their design fee, but then they also get a percentage of the profits from like every purchase. So it helps put more money into the artist's pockets Nice. than just like a one-time payment would, you know? pretty genuine of you you don't hear that too much in um the clothing world these days dude the way i see it like music clothing whatever it is we're all better if we're together so in order to really do that you got to be genuine you got to be 
hospitable to people, meet them where they're at. And you also have to have genuine care for like making sure everybody does well, not just yourself. So that's, that's very true. That's very true. I don't like the whole, um, the whole quid quo pro thing. I hate that. Like, um, you do something for me. I do something for you. I like that. I like the idea, but usually when someone says that they're meaning they want more from you than what you're giving. Exactly. Yeah. They, they want more than what you're going to get in return. Yeah. Oftentimes. And it's always bad on someone's end and then it just ruins relationships in the future. So speaking with this and, a, and the whole coronavirus, you know, like shows aren't happening, tours not happening, artists aren't on the road anymore. Um, what other ways have you had to adjust with inside the music uh, industry with due to the coronavirus? Well, it actually kind of worked out in my benefit in a weird way. Um, Cause I wasn't really in a position to where I'd be like, all right, I'm going to go play shows. I'm going to go on tour. Like I needed to like be trapped at home with nothing to do, but write. So what I did was I, like within like the first like weeks of the the mandatory lockdown, like stay home order, like only essential employees could leave to go anywhere. I wrote a record and a friend of mine who, uh, his name's Dane Farley. He was my uh, filling guitarist from my fall tour that I did. Um, He has an in-home studio. He's a school of rock educator, really awesome musician. He's in a band called Black Lotus. Everybody should check that out. But he couldn't work, you know, because of the pandemic. And I was able to still work because I was working for like a supplement company. So we were deemed essential. So when I got my stimulus check, I was like, screw it. I'm going to pay Dane and record my record for me because <laughs> he's got all the time in the world to do it. And he did. And it, dude, it turned out incredible. Like I would like basically like make scratch track voice notes on my iPhone, like playing the songs on like a six string. Cause I don't even own a seven string. And I would send him the scratch track ideas and then he would basically just like get exactly what it is I was trying to do. And then we had like a few phone calls to go over notes here and there uh, and uh, like auxiliary sounds and stuff and voice memos to him. And we were like really close in contact for like a two week process. And then like, just one day, it was like song after another. We're just like arriving in like, you know, demo Dropbox. Like, here you go. Go track vocals. Um, oh, yeah. It was weird because I started doing that and it was like really fulfilling because like there were so many people who adjusted to like doing like live streaming shows and that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. I'm the only member of Chandelier. So like, how would I even do that? I didn't, you know, I didn't have another means of like outlet. I was pretty quiet online for a while just because, like, I don't know, there was so much going on in the world. I didn't want to take away from anybody else's situation or did I want to, like, tr- like come off as though I was trying to be disingenuous or, like, profit off of the, like, misery of others in any way. Yeah. Uh, you saw uh, that. There's a lot of that, too, that went on. You know, I'm I'm all for the spread of information, but, you know, I see, like, a Black Lives Matter shirt online and it's going for 50 bucks. And I'm like, what in the fucking world? How, how is that? I mean, yes, you're, someone's buying a Black Lives Matter shirt that they're going to wear so that people can see it. And that's great in all shapes and forms. But why is this? Why is this $50? Like, it's yeah, fucking, the, you took a Hanes shirt and fucking 
put some lettering on it. Why are we selling this for 50? You should be selling it at least at 20. You know, that's that not only are you going to sell more because it's fucking 20 bucks rather than 50, but it seems like those people are just trying, like you said, make a profit off of someone else's misery. Yeah, when you see stuff like that and it's not actually coming from like the direct source of like the Black Lives Matter movement's like website or any charitable organization, like when people make like false image, it's like they don't even own the copyright or anything like that. I mean, I don't even know if Black Lives Matter is copyrighted or whatnot, but when people take the uh, opportunity to steal something that's hot and whether it's good or bad that's like going on in the world and then they turn around and use it as a means to like make a profit and like get rich it makes me sick because like if you really wanted to support black lives matter like they have websites that you can go to that are ran and operated by their people and you could just do it through there now these people who were selling 50 dollars black lives matter shirt like if those weren't actually going to black lives matter and to like promoting and helping the the cause then it's just criminal at that point and i don't even understand how we live in a world where that stuff's allowed to happen like i mean how can i yeah it's wild especially in this digital age where everything's seen within matters of moments and it's spread even faster than it's seen um like i i watch other clothing companies too outside of this uh what we were talking about with black lives matter i'm getting into a tangent with this now but like i see Clothing companies, like, literally they'll take, we'll say, a basketball jersey and they'll make it theirs. And, or they'll yep. take a logo or, like, a, a character. Like, Vans and The Simpsons. Vans paid The Simpsons to use that and vice versa. Like, they used each other. But right. some of these lower-tier clothing companies, they just take an image, they plug it into a thing, and they don't expect to get a lawsuit in the future. I mean, I don't think that's how it works genuinely, right? I mean, there's, like, likeness rights that exists where like it has to be different within like a certain range of percentages to like not get a lawsuit like it's like when you see people who like uh make like nike shirts that have dragon ball z characters i mean i'm guilty of it i have a a shirt that has bulma but her shirt's like pulled up and she has like a chandelier tattoo on on her under boob like on her sternum but you know like i had like a tattoo artist draw that up and like yeah, it was it was awesome. It was just like I love Dragon Ball Z, and it's so different from any image of Bulma that was actually done by like the show to where I couldn't really get into any trouble. But at the same time, that is what hands down my best selling T shirt when my site was active was the Bulma shirt, and so I mean I'm guilty of it too to a certain extent. But like, no, uh, I mean like straight up take the fuck, cut it out. Take yeah, it out. like those, those yeah that. Uh, that kind of stuff is just like lack of creativity. You're just taking something that you already know is like hot and popular and doing well. And you're trying to turn a profit on it. It's like the same kind of thing where like with this pandemic, like people were taking non-perishables and selling pasta on Amazon for $50 and shit. It's like, come on, how are the, how is this even legal? Or like the toilet paper disappears, but like there's random new stores on Amazon popping up every day where you could buy toilet paper for five times the price it would be at your, like Walmart or, you know, Target. And it's just insane. There's a lot of criminal shit that people get away with. But yeah. the most important thing is that, like, there are people out there who see the problem 
and for what it is, and they don't support those brands, you know? It's just wild. Um, so with a chandelier coming out, you know, this is a, this is different than what you did in the past with your two previous bands that you, uh, are known for, uh, what inspired the, the change of music and the change of voice too? Cause your voice is different as well. I mean, I know you, you're older now, so of course your voice is going to be different in a sense, but this is a completely different style than I'm used to hearing from you. Yeah. So the EP that I had released last fall, I actually ended up having to like toss it out because the person who wrote it with me had like prior to working with me had already like sold half of the songs to another band in another country. And I didn't even find out about it until I was like finishing my fall tour. So I was like, screw this. I'll just throw all this away. I'll write a record myself. And excuse me, burping, but it's the magic hat. Um, But yeah, I, I guess just what I was trying to do was like not be under the finger of like other people because in every other band I've done, it was uh, a group of people trying to force their ideas into reality. And like everybody wanted like things to be a specific way. And there was always conflict in like, how are we going to do this like riff or what are we going to do with this drum part? And, when I'm the only person who has to decide it, I get exactly what I want out of it. And I'm, yeah. never, I'm not disappointed. You're not having to ask permission to do whatever you feel in your head. Right. I just like let it happen. And then vocally, the difference is just like a matter of, I wasn't doing vocals for a while. I basically had to like relearn. It's not quite as easy as riding a bicycle. No, it's not. <laughs> and I just, I had all these different styles of vocal work that I had always wanted to do, but didn't really get to fully. So now I'm in a position where if I hear an idea in my head and then I I can replicate it into the real world, like at the studio, then I just do it. And no one's going to be like, Oh, you shouldn't have done that. Cause I don't, I don't care what people think. Like when this music comes out, if no one likes it, it will not phase my life. I mean, yeah, obviously I want people to enjoy the music, but if no one does, I still like what I did. Yeah, and I mean, it's the first time in my jammed, life I can say that. Nobody jams as hard as you jam your music. Like that's the guy. I guarantee most artists are all listening to themselves twenty four seven. Yeah, I mean, I you you if you want to take what you do seriously, you have to constantly be yeah. listening to yeah. it, reviewing it, making sure that when it does release, it is like a great product. You know, rather than something a fifteen year old could write. Yeah, but you, sometimes these 15-year-olds come out with bangers. I mean, Alex and Jack from Oceana were only 15 and 16 years old when The Tide was written, so... Holy shit, that's right. Y'all were that young, weren't y'all? They were. I, I mean, I, I was 18, so I mean, I technically was an adult, so... But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they were... How, wait, how, how was that? Like, did you, how was touring with children and you're an illegal adult? Was it awkward ever? Like, was, I never looked you... at them like they were children. They were my peers. They were my best friends, and, like didn't fucking change anything you know what i mean it was like yeah we I did 18 and 16 isn't really that big of a difference if you think about it yeah it's i mean it's really not nowadays people look at it like it's a huge gap but that's like being like oh my best friend's 20 i'm 23 and we just don't have anything in common like that's a lie you absolutely do it's three yeah. years like get over yourself you know that's like true. 
I mean, if you can't I, have a conversation and relate with people that are that close to your age group, it's it's not the other people. It's you. Yep, that's very true. Now, ten like the ten year gap. Yeah, like I'll talk to. I work at a tattoo shop, so like when people come in, you know, sometimes it's like a eighteen year old or twenty year old, and I have nothing to relate to these kids. Like, not saying they're they're like dumb or what they think is wrong, because it's not. It's just I'm in an older mindset. And they yeah, they're they're like a whole other generation. Yeah, and I I mean like you know I remember growing up and parents looking at me like I'm crazy and I'm and now I look at the kids and I'm like fuck it man have fun because you know what there's gonna be a day in your 20s or your late the early 30s you're gonna it's gonna stop and you're gonna have to buckle down and you'll have a family or you'll have a career and all those party days will go out the window like they are right now so just live up every single second you can have because it's not gonna last forever absolutely dude that 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 is honestly something that became really real to me over the last few years is like, all right, so I'm 32 now. And for like nine, the last like nine months prior to this month, I was like a hundred percent sober. Like wouldn't drink alcohol. I don't do anything else. Uh, I like, I still vape because like if I go without nicotine, I don't even know what would happen to me. But like, I literally just woke up one day and was like, I've had enough. Like, I, I don't want to go party in large and like, do anything that has to do with anything that isn't going to directly benefit my life going the direction I, I want for myself. If it doesn't build my career up or help my music expand or like bring me genuine joy to go do it, I just don't do it. Yep. I mean, I, I can relate to that. I was thinking about this the other day. I saw a quote, like one of those little sayings on Instagram and it said, I wish I would have told more people to fuck off. <laughs> And as the truth, man, like as a, you know, I've always, when I get around my, my uncle's only 12 years older than me. Even when I get around him, I still feel like a 15 year old kid. Yeah. Like when I get around my grandfather, I feel like I'm still a child. Like, and I guess when I was in my early twenties, I still felt that way with the world. And, you know, I would always just say yes, 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 yes. And I would, you know, power down to what the world wanted rather than what I felt, what I wanted, if I thought this was a good idea. And then in my late 20s, I finally realized, like, fuck the goddamn world. Like, if it's not what I like, then I'm not going to have any part with it. Right. Well, that makes sense. I mean, it's kind of where I'm at with stuff. But I've always kind of been able to just, like, meet people where they're at. Like, age aside, like, some of my bosses and the people, the job I have are you know 50 60 even 70 years old but I'm like the senior to them in a lot of ways and like a lot of portions of the company and stuff so like I can like go up to a 70 year old guy and be like hey you're doing this wrong this is what I need you to get done kind of thing and I don't feel weird telling someone who's older than me how it's done and also like the other way around when older people are trying to give me advice I just take it and solace like it's a peer yeah, I mean, I always take it. I mean, I I love the, the um, you know, even at, I'm 31 now, and even at this age, you know, older people can teach you shit that you don't even know about yet. I mean, it is true. You, you don't know shit until you're a certain age. Like, I thought I knew everything at 18, and I didn't know dick from dick. And now I look at it like, you know, I'm I'm still learning, and I'm, I'm still learning to be a father. I'm still learning to do this shit. I'm still learning to do that shit, and I'm sure that's never going to change. And I always tell I always tell my woman I'm like 
I'm mentally challenged sometimes. Okay, sometimes I think that I was a fucking uh, stunted mature with maturity. It's possible. I mean, you'd have to go see a specialist. I, I wouldn't know what to tell no, you. No, I'm not saying I'm like immature all the time. I'm saying, yeah. like, you know, in a, no, I get it. Her, I, I was know, just I making a joke. I'm a yeah. More immature. Oh, my wife blows me away with how mature she can be sometimes. But then she can also be like a total little kid. Like, I got a, <laughs> we got a PlayStation 4 recently. And uh, like a month ago, I downloaded the new Tomb Raider for her. And sometimes I have to literally like stand in front of her and take the controller away and be like, come on, we have other stuff to do. You got you to stop playing. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like me. Luckily, she hasn't had to deal with that. My Xbox uh, fried like two months ago so i've been xbox list for two months and it's it's been a it's been good thing and it's been a bad thing because when shit gets boring around here like i have a son so when he's watching tv i'm just like fuck i gotta watch these damn cartoons yeah cartoons are awesome though no not the ones the ones he watched they don't talk they just like make noises and that's it like there's no communication uh, that, so that sounds terrifying yeah it's, it's this thing called booba or boba or something it's really weird it's, i don't even know how to describe it uh but anyways uh so continue on with chandelier uh explain about what this song take back means oh yeah the single so it's come on eight thirteen. 2020 i'm gonna drop the lyrical video um the song is kind of about like having a lot of paranoia and self-doubt and then mostly like caused by like the the voices in your head kind of thing like it's like your own self is terrified to like push forward and try and accomplish what you're actually want to do with your life at least for me and I've been dealing with it a long time. Uh, even when I was like, you know, considered like a quote unquote successful musician, I still had a lot of self doubt and like irrational fears. And I didn't really feel like I was going to like progress in life. Uh, I don't know really why, but I recently have been doing a lot to like help with that. And the concept of like take back is like, I genuinely want people who have, phobias who have paranoia who feel like they can't make it or they won't make it to just like take back their life like just wake up I know it's not easy but just wake up and every day try with like the easiest task of the day that's going to get you where you're trying to go you know because a lot of the reason people don't become successful or make it is a lack of self-love mm-hmm but can't appreciate themselves, can't see themselves the way that others who do love them and support them see them. So they typically would give up. Like I, I used to just give up on myself anytime things got hard. I, I wouldn't yeah. push through. And a lot of it was that I didn't love myself. Like I was always mad at myself. I always felt like I was disappointed in myself. Like my goals weren't being achieved, so I had to hate me. But that's that's not really the case like all the the stuff that's going on it's not just like trapped in your head like you can put it out into the world and achieve it but you it starts with loving yourself and realizing that like you can do better and the only way you're gonna do it is to actually do it so you know take back your life like just take that back own it love yourself and work towards the things you want from and from the world. Oh, yeah. 
That's that's very true. I mean, I think everybody at one point in their life, they, I mean, surely when you're in your early 20s, shit's so confusing in your early 20s. So confusing. It's like you, you get thrown at 18. And I mean, I, I don't know about you, but like when I was 18, I joined the Army and I got sent to El Paso and I was by myself. And I didn't know how to fucking be an adult, how to pay bills, what even credit meant to my name. Like, I was just, you know, buying the most expensive shit because I didn't understand money. You know, it never was like something that, you know, I had a job at 16, but all that money went to fucking, you know, playing around as a kid. Yeah. Dicking off. Enjoy your life. Yeah, and I mean, that's basically, I mean, I don't know. I I probably didn't understand like bills and shit until I was probably like 22. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Until I got with Elise, I didn't have, like, a responsibility level, like, at all. I was just like, bah, I'll deal with it another day, <laughs> kind of thing. Like, I would, like, get paid, and I would go out, and I would get fucked up, and I'd wake up on Monday and be like, shit, I only have, like, 100 bucks to make it till Friday. Yeah. <laughs> it was, like, a cycle. It just kept happening. Yep, especially with partying, because you... Like me, if like when I would go out to the bars, once I'm getting drunk, I'm buying shots all the time, and I'm friendly with my fucking money when I'm drunk for some reason. Because when I'm sober, I'm a fucking tight ass to the core. Like I went to the mall today to go get some shoes, and I literally tried on six different pairs and didn't buy one of them. I just I Shit. I would just like be like, ah, do I want to really spend this money? No, I'm not gonna spend this money. I'll just wear the same Nikes I've had for the year. Yeah, I haven't bought anything new in a long time. I just, like, budget and save everything now. I, I mean, you got the same pair of shoes for, like, three years. I mean, I bought a pair of pants. Hollister had, like, $25 pants going on, and it's tax-free weekend here in South Carolina. So I was like, fuck it, I'll do that. Because, um, you know, jeans are jeans. But I don't know. With the whole coronavirus, you can't really do shit. There's no really reason to go buy new clothes because what am I going to wear them to, to work where I have to stand up all day? Like, that's not where I want to be fashionable. <laughs> yeah. Um, so moving on with, um, with, uh, Chandelier, uh, what is the future of Chandelier? Like say if the coronavirus ended at the end of the year and we could restart in January, what, what would be the first thing that you would be doing? Uh, I would be working on getting some videos shot, uh, get this album finished up in a few weeks. I'm actually pacing around outside the studio right now. Uh, there's some people inside waiting for me to finish this up so we can go get dinner and stuff. Uh, but I just want to get the, the record done, get it out. Hopefully people like it. Uh, you know, I'll work towards getting some, some dates lined up. Um, but yeah, you know, I just, uh, I want to do it smart this time around. I don't want to stretch myself too thin. Like, you know, I have a, a pretty decent job that I enjoy that, you know, pays my bills and allows me to do this. So I'm not going to put myself in any situation where like I put myself at risk, but at the same time, if I found out tomorrow that I could tour every day for the rest of my life, I don't think let anything stop me. Yeah. And then, um, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no. I was just gonna say, so we'll just have to see what happens. I know when touring comes back, it's probably going to be a bit different than it has been. I've seen some really, ridiculous stuff about how uh venues will have like social distancing stickers on the ground and other things like that and like i don't really care like i i adhere to all the rules so it doesn't really phase me i just want people to be able to enjoy music again so 
I miss live music. All right, well, uh, before we let you go, uh, on your Instagram, you posted that you were added to Feature X. Yeah, that was... Can you tell everybody a little bit about that so that they know what's going on with that? Yeah, Feature X is awesome. Uh, It is a new platform that just launched, I think, like a week and a half, two weeks ago. Um, Ryan Tuck O'Leary from Fit for a King is one of the, like, co-owner-operators. Uh, I saw him post about it. I just, de- I like replied to his story. I was like, yo, this is a genius idea. I was like, yeah, you want in on uh, So it is an awesome form where people can go to the website, feature them, you roll through the names of artists. They're in alphabetical order. I mean, you got people from like Tyler Carr. Uh, there's a guy from Alpha Wolf. Like, there's so many yeah, amazing saw, artists up there. I saw Brandon from Counter uh, Counterparts is on there. Yeah, there's a, a lot of vocalists on there, and it's oh, just yeah. a, a platform for where bands and artists can book the vocalists to do features, and everything's like ran through the site. Uh, we get like calendar notifications, and yeah, we we get your track, we hear it. If if the artist accepts your your song then we get it scheduled and we record and yeah really awesome. like uh, this is the kind of love because like, messages all the time like randomly it'll just be like 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 hey man I to have you on it but then like i get so busy that i like forget to follow up or follow through on it and uh this make that to where i can't do it. it'll actually be It's funny, like the week leading up to getting put on Feature X, I actually had like three different feature requests. Like, I, I, you're gonna have to go book this through here when it launches. Yeah. And it, it launched, so we'll see what happens. But well, I wish you nothing but the best, man. I can't wait to hear the release, and I, I'm I hope the best for you on the Feature X, especially during the uh, pandemic right now. It's a good way for vocalists to make some money without touring. Yeah. I'll just I'll DM it to you later tonight. Just don't leak it. Okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, man. All right, man. Well, this has been Keith Jones from Chandelier. Uh, y'all go check out his new band and his new single being released on August 13th, 2020. Man, we appreciate you, Keith. Thank you I for pre- coming on. Uh, we'll do this again soon. Take care. Yes, yes, sir. See you later, bud.